This is Kanzen Shu, the podcast, episode 430, for the week of December 3rd, 2017. What's up? Welcome back to Kanzenshu. The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Kanzenshu. That's right. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. We are coming up on the end of a year. I always love the end of a year, but then it's horrifying because this particular year, we are now one month off from the 20th anniversary of running this stupid website. So stupid. Mary, What's wrong with you? You've, you've been around for a good portion of that time. I have. You remember a pre-Kanzenshu, pre-Daizenshu EX era. I remember apartment era yeah. recording style. Well, here we are. Yes. I am Mike Vegito EX. Hello, Vegito EX. This was your idea for an episode. I am flabbergasted that you wanted to do this. I know, right? I, I don't really understand where you're coming from with this. I, it's got to keep you on your toes, you know? I know. We are, in fact, this is your idea, talking about- Oh, so if it all falls right, right, on its, its face, face exactly. I get I take to- no blame. Yes, Damn it's it. you. It's Battle Powers. There was one particular line we just recently watched. They're like, his battle power was incalculable. And the other thing, because we've been watching, you know, the new episodes of Super lately, and in the last two with, um, you know, K-Fla going on on and it. Wait. Come in. Hey, what are oh! you doing? Oh, hey. Hey, hey. Look at that. There's like, is that my microphone? Yeah. Um, Jeff, I, I don't know what that's doing there. That's your microphone? You you set up my microphone here? No, oh, you so left convenient. it here last time we recorded Lo-Fi. And oh, right. I Sometimes I don't come back to the room for a while. You even left the chair, Mike. That's I so did. sweet of you. Yeah, a third chair. I don't really understand why there's a third. Hmm. Yeah, three chairs, three microphones. Yeah, already set to go. A wild Jeff appeared. Yeah, and I think I just happened to stumble upon four episodes of something that uh, what, were you upset? Were you watching stuff with Tyler? Like we've been down here. Hey, look, Tyler was really good company. Okay, <laughs> was he cuddly on the couch? I'm he, covered in orange fur. Jeff, uh, I mean, so we're putting this episode out for the week of December third, 2017. Did you happen to know you were last here five years ago for the third Dragon Ball GT review of awesomeness? Oh, we only did three episodes? No, no, no. Well, well, we covered 15 episodes of the span of three podcast episodes. But we only did three podcast episodes? Yeah, we episodes? only did three of that. I mean, we were okay. on such a great streak. We did the entirety of the original manga, and we had this grand announcement. I remember I even did, like, a drum roll and stuff, and it played, like, the GT intro. We're like, we're moving on to GT! And, and that was over five years ago. So it's nice to see you again after five years. So crazy that after all this time and a chair and a microphone happens to be in front of that we're able to do this yeah why not so so does this mean we're not talking about battle powers i'm really sorry to break it to you mary <laughs> it may be worse <laughs> you may actually have to talk about battle powers that's how it's you worse may. you have no soul wow so yeah after five years um we have decided who cares that super's going on right now let's talk <laughs> about dragon ball gt <laughs> Step into the Grand Tour, motherfucker. We, we stepped into it. That's goddamn sure earlier today. All right, yes, this, this was planned. I don't know if that was entertaining or funny or anything. It was whatsoever. for us. Was, for us, it was hilarious. We had a really great time doing that. Uh, yeah, we, we're, we're starting back up. We are picking up exactly where we left off five years ago. That is Mary over there. You know who Hi. Mary is. Great to still have you here. I, I remain Mike Vegito EX. This guy over here that you may not have heard for a while. This is our friend Jeff. Jeff, you joined us and you actually coined the title for it because we didn't have a title for the segment the first time we did it. You threw out a random terrible name for it and it stuck. We went through the entirety of the original manga volume by volume. Uh, it took a little longer than 42 months because we took some breaks in there. Not quite as bad as five years in between, but we got there and we reviewed the whole manga with the way we did it was different perspectives. We had uh, Mary and myself. Mary had obviously seen the entire show before. I had seen the entire show before. I had read the entire manga before. And then we had folks like Julian in there who had read it in Japanese as well. Uh, we had Jake throwing in the visisms along the way. It was a grand old time and we decided we had to keep that going uh, past the original manga. At that point in time, the logical next step was, of course, Dragon Ball GT. We did, like we said earlier, three podcast episodes uh, covering 15 episodes 
episodes. And uh, just due to the natural course of time and the way life takes us, uh, whoops. Time makes fools of us all. Well, I think uh, it, it helped that since last time I've gotten married. Oh, yeah. Hey, congratulations. Like, that's not a new thing anymore. No, so it's not. Say, like, but, I mean, thank you for you were my best man. So, I mean, you, you thank <laughs> me then, too. But uh, so, right. That happened. Um, I right, I was in the middle of a move. I had Jobs, a new job moves, and like marriage. Sure. Yeah. Whole bunch of stuff. So. I mean, we also restarted Low Fidelity uh, very recently, so uh, it's not that strange that I'm down here in the basement, but it certainly is with the topic of Dragon Ball instead. Right. Well, maybe the twist is that Jeff was kept here in the basement for five years all along, waiting. It's like, when are they going to call me back to review GT? Guys, it was a really claustrophobic wedding. (laughs) Like, seriously. So that is, in fact, the the topic for this episode. Uh, I love... Just the idea that we could perfectly time it to five years and just to the week, to the day, and sad. Yeah, exactly to the day. Well, theoretically, we're, spoilers. We're recording this a little bit ahead of time, holding on to it so it can be exactly five years. But uh, so I should have it edited on time to be precisely five years to the day. We are here to cover Dragon Ball GT episodes 16, 17, and eighteen. But because we needed a refresher, and especially because Jeff needed a refresher, we took this as an opportunity to hurt ourselves a little. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you better you better make some kind of reference to the fact that like we're very um, sadistic and asochistic. Well, a little bit of both. <laughs> I inflicted upon you and myself. Yes. Uh, <laughs> not just watching these particular episodes and their content, which we will get to momentarily. We took this as an opportunity to watch and examine, I suppose, uh, Funimation's dub-only recap episode, A Grand Problem. So for those of you who don't remember, may have been kids, weren't covering it at the time, didn't know or got into it later when it was released in its entirety. When Funimation brought Dragon Ball GT to North America the first time, Barry Watson's great idea was, let's skip the first 15 or 16 episodes, let's release them later as the lost episodes, and try to cut to the action as fast as possible. And that's what they did. They skipped those episodes. Uh, They made their own recap episode to introduce uh, what the plot was of the beginning of Dragon Ball GT. And they got right into the M2 stuff. Uh, So we were kind of almost perfectly at that point. We left off with episode 15. So episode 16 uh, was a little bit of a recap of the recap episode for us. So that was was a little bit difficult as we were rewatching it too. Um, So before we get to episode 16, 17, and 18, we're going to talk about that recap episode. That is our topic for this episode. We're not doing news because I don't know what the news is going to be on December 3rd when we get to it. Let's just get right into it. The fourth volume of our Dragon Ball GT review of awesomeness begins now. So before we get started, I do want to lay a little bit of ground rules for our review process here on the uh, newly revived Dragon Ball GT review of awesomeness. The elephant in the room is Dragon Ball Super. That's going on right now. My point of view for this review is through all fault of our own. (laughs) This should have been completed before Dragon Ball Super existed. I think it is worth analyzing Dragon Ball GT still in a vacuum separate from Dragon Ball Super. I think we can accomplish that because we're laying this ground rule, but also because Jeff has never seen Dragon Ball Super, does not keep up with Dragon Ball Super, knows nothing about Dragon Ball Super. Mike, I got to tell you, you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> Good. It's me you got to worry about. Right. Uh, just keep in mind, that's how we're doing this. Uh, we, of course, will talk about GT in comparison to Super when Super is a completed product. I think that's the time to, in their entirety, compare those two things. Of course, there's stuff to say now. Um, I don't necessarily think it's worth saying right now until Super is done and complete. So just keep that in mind as we move forward. If you want to compare them in your own ongoing conversations, be they in the forum thread or the comments, absolutely, by all means, do that. We are not going to do that. That is not something we missed. That is not something we forgot. That is something we are very consciously doing. One other thing I want to mention, and I apologize, I'm recording this later and I'm reinserting it and we'll see how natural it feels in the regular flow of conversation. Uh, but I felt it was important to address because it directly contradicts slash falls in line with some other stuff that I pretty regularly talk about. Uh, this episode of our podcast in particular, we're only really reviewing three episodes of the series. That is 
is in direct contrast with what I like to talk about, if not preach for Super, which is I think it's important that we review arcs as a whole. Uh, I always use the metaphor, you're missing the forest for the trees when we're doing these reviews. I don't like getting lost in the minutia of the regular episodes of Super so we can look at something as a more cohesive whole. That flies in the face of literally what we're doing here, especially this podcast episode in particular, just the three episodes. So Mike, how do you reconcile your hypocrisy here? Well, the best I can do is pretty much just acknowledge it and go with the flow. Uh, To some degree, yes, it is hypocrisy. On the other hand, uh, it's an awful lot to ask our friend Jeff to come over and watch something like 12, if not 20, if not 30 episodes of Dragon Ball GT to look at an arc as a cohesive whole. At the same time, we're going to get to arcs later on in the series. You You think about the Super 17 arc that's really only six or seven episodes and we can pretty much just do that as a whole so we are going to have things like that then you think about the manga review of awesomeness where we would do a volume as a whole and sure a volume wouldn't cover an entire arc except for much earlier in the series and even then it didn't really do it so it's really going to be a balancing act of finding the right amount of episodes to cover so it feels like a large enough amount of stuff to actually reflect on at the same time acknowledging that yeah if if we could we would love to do a much longer span of episodes but when it comes to this it's just not really that realistic so i just wanted to get that out there and acknowledge it and place it in here somewhere where hopefully it makes sense and maybe we'll just keep talking right now a grand problem guys a grand dub problem as far as i'm concerned how do you solve a problem like a grand problem you want to just keep going here? Yeah, sorry, I had to get... <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> I'm done. That was my musical I, I think reference. we want to avoid talking about this as much as possible. I do. <laughs> like, you're listening to Konzenshu. Uh, you know what our opinion is of the English dub, in particular of this era. Barry Watson was still in charge. Uh, GT's script liberties were sometimes better than they were at other times. That being said, I don't think I've ever actually seen more than two minutes of Dragon Ball GT dubbed in English in my life. So this was very interesting. Let's talk about it before we get to any of the dub stuff, which let's just leave that as kind of like footnotes at the very end. As an introduction to Dragon Ball GT, Jeff, it had been five years since you'd seen the series. Do you think it brought you back up to speed well enough in any way whatsoever? If we look at this in percentages, maybe like I'll give it a 15%. Well, no, that that's, that's being harsh. I can go higher than that. It, it helped to see... The three main characters. Yeah. Like, oh, right. Um, Those are okay. Got it. Yeah. You know what? Let's go up to like 65% because (laughs) seeing uh, peel off again and that whole scenario of how Goku became a child again. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can sort of assume it was going to be a a dragon wish if it wasn't like some scientific mistake. So seeing that process again kind of did kind of help to flood back some of the stuff from five years ago. Sure. So that was a nice way to kind of bring things back in. But the transition between that to where we left off. Like the episode one stuff with the episode 15, 16 stuff where they do the light dream thing like, oh, this is all because of the blood. And that seemed like very like 1980s. Like, yeah. Why did I push the button? Why did I push the button? So you felt like the the characters gave you enough to get back into it, but the actual story itself of what had been going on for these 15 episodes, like nothing there came back to you. Well, there's some questions kind of left behind, which is if they did get Dragon Ball... I mean, I'm assuming that the audience who's watching this... Uh, had already been familiar with Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z coming into yes. this, or at least the manga. Right. So when we get to the stage where they're in space and they end up in this robot city, how many Dragon Balls do they have at this point? How mm. did they get those Dragon Balls? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I didn't see any clear indication that we had skipped past other planets where Dragon Balls were acquired. That that was my feeling as well. Um, the beginning of Dragon Ball GT feels very much vignette kind of um, like Dragon Quest missions where you go to one town and you solve the problem And they spend town. a few episodes there. Yeah, you move on to the next town, you solve their problem, you get a Dragon Ball while you're there. Yeah, we didn't get any of that from this recap. They spent a lot of time with that first two episode material. But I think it's more important quite frankly. Yeah. And if they had rushed through it, it would have been a two episode recap mm-hmm. rather than one. Right. And they need this to air on TV still. So they couldn't just have it as like an hour long feature on the DVD. Well, I just got to say, I got too much of irrational Chi Chi crying. Yeah. Like they could have seriously cut <laughs> they that out. on that a little too much. Yeah. Yeah. And like they could have, they really could have cut in 
a number of places to kind of make room for, oh, and we went here and we got this and wasn't that great. And we went here and just none of that. Yeah, that could have been like 30 seconds dedicating to just like a quick, oh, this is how we got the first three. Yeah, I agree. Even if it's just talking over it and just showing the footage. Yes, I I felt like they let those scenes play out normally a little too much. But maybe that was okay. I don't know if it would seem awkward otherwise. Sure. I mean, I don't envy having to cut together a recap for GT to introduce it (laughs) to an audience in what, 2003 like this. Mm. It was enough for me, but I already knew and have always known the basic plot points of wishing to a kid again off into space. Like I wanted a little bit more of that. Oh, right. They went to that planet, that planet. I would have loved like a 30 second musical montage of Mm -hmm. getting some of those dragon balls and then cutting to M2 stuff. Well, it seems kind of uh, like they may have had to rush because so this was Barry Watson's idea to start the series this way in the U.S. Right. So, well, not just that, but the entire tone that they were giving it, which again, we'll get to with our dub footnotes at the end. Mm. Sure. So then the idea, though, is that they're going to start people, uh, you know, quote unquote, in the middle. Uh, So they must have rushed this because, I mean, they were probably jumping to get the stuff released, but they couldn't because they themselves felt, well, kind of weird that we're not starting at number one. Right, right. I mean, like, if this is coming from on high and they're thinking, like, okay, how are we going to do this? Right. We're not starting the with actors one. don't know the story. The script adapters don't really know the story. So everyone's kind of jumping in at episode 16 themselves, like, all right, I guess this is how we're explaining this. But what I don't get is unless they were drastically changing the pacing of the episodes that were coming from this point, yeah. then why bother cutting out the first part of it? Because I felt like actually in the first few episodes, it was really engaging and there were parts where we slept. We'll get to that about these span of episodes, man. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, uh, so if we're going to go all the way to this point, you know, they then yes, like, they could have done a better job. Either go further or not go as far. Yeah. 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 How um how much time had passed between the ending of DBZ airing in the US to GT coming about? It was a weird time because they were wrapping up Dragon Ball Z's dub while also you know, still doing movies at the time. Like all the simultaneous stuff they were doing the Z dub, the movies, getting ready for GT, but also the original Dragon Ball TV series mm-hmm. as well. They were definitely in that oh shit, Z is ending. Let's just do everything else that we can do to try and keep this monster going as long as we possibly can over here i think just the one thing that i do appreciate them putting in mm-hmm. uh was how goku and oob mm-hmm. have that conversation when they're done in the training yeah yeah goku says uh, something to the extent of you're a great teacher oob mm-hmm. right which is because oob is saying first uh, you know hey you taught me so much it's right, wonderful. Right. and goku says the same thing right back like which, he learned you know, something back from him yeah. which of course oob is going to throw off because he doesn't believe that whatever yeah. this is goku we're talking about but i love that they included that because the modesty of goku is something that is so unique to his character he's modest but he's really arrogant at times too he it's can't really well, interesting he's he's just very immature but at, but he can be really sweet unintentionally so the fact that they included this bit i feel was a very key component of of goku's character yeah that it would have meant something completely different had they not shown that that's so, interesting you picked up on that it didn't even really occur to me it was just like a line but i mean i feel like from what i remember of us doing this review i god i wonder if i like if my voice sounds deeper now that i think about it <laughs> like compared to whatever no, everyone else sounds exactly the same i sound like the only one who actually grew up a little bit everyone else sounds <laughs> like they've been 40 for we're all saying that in our own years. heads right i'm just thinking like if that w- was not there then I wouldn't have I would I would have like a surface level connection back to Goku. Mm-hmm. But this particular line really uh, uh, kind of brought a lot of that back in. So I feel like it. I'm glad that they included that because it does really make that connection back to uh, what gotcha. I recall of Goku from those earlier episodes gotcha. and from uh, the manga. So nice character continuity kind of thing. Exactly. So yeah. so that I appreciate. I really wish we could have had that with Pan or with Trunks. That Anyone, would have been nice yeah. too. just get some of their character. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, let's wrap it up. Obviously, this is Konzenshi. We're going to be reviewing the series in its original Japanese. This dub recap episode is dub only because it's a Funimation original production. Thoughts on what you heard here? You got the rap opening theme song. You got the, the droning music in the background the voice acting, the voice actor selections. My thoughts are well known. I thought some things were surprisingly not as horrible as others. Yeah. So I thought Peel Off was pretty wretched to have to listen to. Um, some of the robots were 
unintelligible. No, I, I, I understand them perfectly in Japanese. I have no idea what they're the saying in Gil English. The was like grating on my ears. The the funny voice they had for Dr. Mew was like a caricature because he yeah. had like this German accent, I yeah. guess, for lack of a better description. Pan was a little rough around the edges. I was surprised by a, adult Goku as briefly as he showed up in, in that segment. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, he doesn't sound too terrible. King Kai's rough to listen to. I actually really like Dende's voice <laughs> and I, I thought Oob sounded pretty okay. Yeah, Oob had this little hint of... Like of a teenager kind of sort of... Teenager-y, southern-y accent. I don't know what else you could really do with mm-hmm. him. So. Like those two I was actually like, oh, okay. And then for me, it's hard for me to take an objective look at Trunks, quite honestly. Well, less said there, it's the like, better, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to pretty much mirror those sentiments with maybe a slight adjustment on Pan. I just don't feel like hers was all that uh, unique. So like in terms of memorability, I can't mm-hmm. really, you know, it's like I just remember Pilaf being terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not just because you said that while we were watching yeah, yeah. it, but because it was genuinely just not a great performance. Um, but what really uh, what I noticed more than the voices was the the way that they changed the words, because uh, especially when we're seeing the the episode we would watch uh at the end like that that kind of that we kind of watch twice right exactly yeah. the part where that we kind of watch twice that area to me the you could see the way that they changed the script from one to the other yeah i think a good example was the Goku, food part. like and i want the double cheeseburgers and i want the blueberry and pie, the enchiladas blah, 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 and the enchiladas were in the original he's just like yo you're gonna get me some food that'd be great so <laughs> that part legitimately made me angry because the american version where they're saying like oh yeah get me this type of food and that yeah. type of food that's whatever i'm kind of used to that with american dubs but then when i see the original japanese and it's like oh just go find me a restaurant why couldn't we have had that I don't understand why that changed. Everything has to be a joke. But it wasn't Everything. funny at no. all. It just, like it's so wordy. But that's too. how it, it kind of takes me out of context to realize. Okay, I know it is a kids show, but when yeah. I hear writing like that, it makes me really cognizant of we are writing for kids. Maybe yes. little kids find the word enchiladas yep. hysterical and yeah. double cheeseburgers. It hysterical. makes you think about the scriptwriter as opposed to just watching the show. Right, that's how it is for me. Yeah, it feels like, like I was being just... catered to, and that's just not a good feeling. Like, mm-hmm. like that's that's talking down to me as an audience. Yeah, and I don't care how young I'm supposed to be when i'm watching this seriously you you if you treat kids with some seriousness then they will adapt to that you don't play to their level just to catch their interest because it's only going to get you so far Hmm. so i mean they they really could have just done a better job with that and that's really just like the one line that really upset me everything else was generally okay overall it was kind of okay it was fairly accurate Mm -hmm. um can we talk about the music because oh let's let's do you're talking about that opening rap not just that i mean that is the background music that was the the opening theme is a clear just like when they did Rock the Dragon and we have an interview that uh, In America did forever ago where they're like I hear it's good with the kids this is exactly the same thing I where, hear rap is cool with the kids where they they are so past the point where this is the thing to do we're and, like and J- they decide to do it we're like Japanimation was still an okay term at that point yeah yeah they're yeah. like we're making Japanimation we're gonna put in the rap music like they're doing with the kung fu flicks like no guys you missed the boat by 10-15 years here I don't know but all right, so the background music. Droning is the only word I can think of. It's just... I don't even know what you're talking about. There was music in there? I didn't realize it either. <laughs> yeah. But wouldn't you say that the best background music is the music that you don't realize is there? No, I would not say that. Oh, so you so you would have the mindset of good background music enhances what is going on, but doesn't... Enhances it. But doesn't like... Memorable. You don't want it to overshadow. No, you don't want it to overshadow. I mean, sometimes if you're driving home a point, you can. I don't think the replacement score in GT accomplishes anything at all. All right. So we are done talking about anything English for Dragon Ball GT. We resume your regularly scheduled Konzenshu analysis. We are back to reviewing the original Japanese, the way it was meant to be seen, of Dragon Ball GT. We are going to be covering episodes 16, 17, and 18. The way that we do these reviews, if I remember, is we do a little bit of a recap of what happened in those specific episodes. We went very in-depth with some of the manga volumes, and then as we started GT, I was adapting some of the old Curtis Hoffman summaries, and those felt entirely too long. I remember what we did is we adapted of, I just took quick notes during the episode, a very, very brief rundown of what happened that episode. I don't think we need all the minutia about the episode. I'd rather leave the conversation to actual conversation. You could probably like, summarize it down to a paragraph. Yeah, like. you probably could do it in about two sentences for some of these episodes. So mm-hmm. I'm going to run you through episodes 16, 17, and 18, and then we're just going to get right into it. Dragon Ball GT episode 16, Machine Planet M2, Gil the Traitor. So in episode 16, 
16, we have this opening sequence where uh, you think Pond is crashing the ship, but she's actually playing video games against Gil. And uh, I guess they went for about 50 rounds and she has not won a single round. She's getting really upset over this. This continues for a while. Trunks and Goku are commenting on everything. Uh, and then they're looking out the window and they see a planet that is apparently the planet that Gil is from. And uh, the next morning, Gil and Pond ask if they can go back to that planet. Meanwhile, Rild and Dr. Mew are scheming to get Goku and the others there to that planet. So this is all part of a, a larger larger game at play. They land and Goku tried to eat what's clearly metal. There's a red apple, but it's actually made of metal. The entire time we're watching this episode, I'm thinking of a Futurama episode where I don't want to live in this planet anymore. <laughs> so they go into the city and all these alarms go off. Uh, these little robots come up and they're all congratulating Gil by his serial number. Oh, hooray. My favorite part was when the ones like sign, sign, sign my autograph and his little quick cutaway. And that was not in the dub recap episode. I'm glad that was there in uh, the original. That was a cute little scene. They all welcome. Uh, Gil flies off and checks in. Gil leads the crew into a trap with Sigma, these uh, machine mutants, these uh, commanders, I guess you would say. Goku and Trunks get trapped in spikes and then with some knockout gas and the episode ends, Gil convinces them to take off with Goku and Trunks in tow, leaving Pan behind. That is Dragon Ball GT episode 16. We move on to Dragon Ball GT episode 17. It's up to you, Pan. Operation Rescue Goku. We start off the episode, Rilled has captured Goku and Trunks, who are still both out cold. Pan's trying to sneak in and she gets stepped on that scene of the, the army stepping over her constantly. Finally, at the last one, she's had enough. She gets up and beats him senseless. She continues trying to sneak into the camp, the building, the office, uh, but she's having a really tough time. There's robots everywhere. So she ends up hiding herself in uh, like the storeroom of robot parts that have yet to be built. She disguises herself as a robot and starts wandering around out in the open. Rilled has a gathering. It's like a half press conference, half uh, celebration ceremony to award Gil with a Medal of Honor for gathering the three Dragon Balls and bringing the prisoners. Meanwhile, we have these robot scientists with Goku and Trunks and they notice something weird about Goku uh, and they report it to Rilt. His battle power is incalculable. Here we go. That's <laughs> what kicked it off. We didn't really have any other ideas in that line. No. Oh, oh, we did. Rilt wants to eliminate them while they sleep, but he knows that Dr. Mew wants them alive. Uh, Gil is hooked up for Sigma, these uh, robots here, to analyze all of their fighting patterns so they can take them out. Meanwhile, Pan is stuck in line for duty, but she can't phased through the wall so this gets her marked as a defect and sent down into the land of broken robots all the broken robots are about to get crushed but Pom blasts her way off and uh, runs off to save everyone the robots are sent off to intercept her but she gets angry over Gil's betrayal and wins and as she says girls get stronger when they cry Goku wakes up but they shock him and this is when Pom breaks in and distracts them just long enough for Goku to break free that was Dragon Ball GT episode 17 we have one more that we are covering here this episode of our podcast Dragon Ball GT episode 18 this wasn't in the data Goku goes super all out Goku tells Trunks to go take care of everything uh, while he stays along and just fights all the robots. They're dodging all of Goku, having analyzed his fight data, though. Rilled remains very proud of Gil as they're watching here. There's a lot more uh, very futile fighting, and then Goku decides, what if I just fire everywhere? And they just keep fighting. Meanwhile, Trunks takes Pond back to the ship, which has been ransacked, and they confirm that the Dragon Balls have been stolen. And then we have the Mega Cannon Sigma who unite together. Rilde keeps watching. He's starting to get mad. They keep fighting. They're in the air. They're underground. They keep fighting. They keep fighting. Goku has been holding back the entire time. Rilde actually stands up and decides to leave. They keep fighting. Goku finally decides to just go ahead and win. He could have apparently done this anytime he wanted to. Uh, and then he blasts them off with a Kamehameha to finish them. A large energy is heading toward the spaceship where Trunks and Pan are. It is Rilde closing in on them. That was Dragon Ball GT episode 18. I would like to start off by saying I am fairly certain that I tried watching these episodes borrowed on fan sub from you, Mary, early on, mm -hmm. fell asleep. I'm not entirely convinced that I've ever seen these episodes in their entirety. I had to crack open the DVD for the first time. It was still sealed for this for this episode today now i remember why i fell asleep i always fall asleep during these episodes did i i, I guess i had these fan subs if you're saying i loaned them to you <laughs> some one of us had them it, mm -hmm. uh, we may have been like no you own it no you own it i would never buy this no you own it i, I think know. i had parts of 
between the these. two of us, yeah, we probably linked up. Because I was convinced I never saw episode 16 before because I would have remembered a cute little vignette about Pond playing video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I only have the second part of this arc fan sub. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And let me just say, that was like my favorite part about these three episodes. I'll get that the right out there. Stuff, yeah. The video game stuff was super cute and then it was all downhill from there. Gosh, Each episode what? got progressively worse. Wasn't this just unbelievable? The worst part is, it's like I know this isn't as bad as GT gets. I beg to differ. I think this is actually the worst of Dragon Ball GT. Jeff, you were saying early on, you remember some of those early vignette episodes on the different planets being cute and fun for what they were. Yeah. Uh, I recently rewatched pretty much the uh, second half of the this arc, all, all the baby stuff, for uh, an episode I did with Chris Kerber for uh, quite a few months ago talking about Dragon Ball GT. And I had a really fun time watching those episodes. We'll get to those eventually in our review here. But here, I'm just like, holy shit, man, this may be the worst that Dragon Dragon has to offer. What do you think? I'm going to surprise both of you. Yeah. I didn't really hate it as much as you guys did. I don't really care to see these again, really, yeah. but I do appreciate uh, what happened in there. Though, granted, it's on really shaky ground. I'm going with the assumption that Gil has really been this evil all along or is controlled or something. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing holding my opinion of this together. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I found, well, I mean, again, I'm kind of coming into this as like after five years of yeah. uh, not seeing this. So, you know, it could be that I'm just like in that glow of, oh, I remember this. This was nice oh, and it's fun. fun. I'm back into Dragon Ball. Oh, this is cool. We're going to go record an episode. Great. Yeah. I've been through review-a-thons that we've had and yeah. fallen asleep. And here I was awake the entire time. I mean, you were taking notes too. You're actively involved. It, it's, it's cool. I think my biggest problem with this is what Dragon Ball is accused of so often and I don't think is ever on display as poorly as it is here and that's the we land a punch we dodge we stand there and stare at each other for a while nothing happens we do one more punch we stop we stare at each other for a while just nothing was happening in episode 18 in particular so you think episode 18 dragged everything down because i actually thought the first two were pretty cute and i actually like the idea of like gil as betrayer yeah like i actually think that's kind of something we haven't really seen yet in Mm -hmm. the show at all no we've had villains come in who then become friends but we've never really had a, a, friend, a friend turn who, on them yeah yeah i'm still trying to think back to 16 a bit because from what i'm remembering the pacing of that to me was slow you know and then it kind of quickened as we got further along but. i agree what i found really fascinating about 16 is we had watched a portion of it in that recap episode the mm-hmm. dub only recap right i felt it was much longer obviously in its original but i found it much more watchable in its original than i didn't completely dub. agree with like, you there it was longer there were more scenes but just like how i feel the extended version of battle of gods is longer but actually has better pacing i felt the same way about episode 16 here where mm-hmm. yeah everything's longer but this just it just feels better to me i would absolutely agree agree with that i think that it was it it, there was way too much space between things happening but i asked the bigger question we can save this at the end is it that my expectations coming from you know modern times were cutting and and transitions are so much faster is that my own cultural thing that i'm bringing to this or is it really that it's just too slow and it was just that uh they really could have i mean there were some cute moments there that were that were worth keeping in but i mean just the time that it took to go from one development to the next was just arduous to go through yeah so i'm not sure if that's if that's what i'm bringing into it or if that's how it actually was but at the same time the the whole idea of gill changing i wouldn't say changing sides because i don't even know what yeah, his, you don't know where this is going i really sure. don't i mean i just like the idea that it starts with this thing of what pon says to trunks where it's like imagine that were you and you're passing by home and, and you're not allowed to go there. Come mm-hmm. on. I love that motivation. It's when we actually get there where it's, you know, I'm not getting Gil's motivation for. And we see the flashing mm-hmm. eye. I yeah, guess it's well, not like he's being uh, called or activated or something like that. Yeah. And and tells Pawn uh, and, and tells Sigma to not follow Pawn yeah, or yeah. kill Pawn and let her go. Yeah. Some interesting so stuff. You see there. some stuff at play there for sure. Yeah. 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 That, so that. That kind of stuff kept me interested. It was just like all of the other area stuff where it was like, I either didn't really care all that much or like I'm not given enough of an explanation. Yeah, like the characters are interesting, but the situations are not really that compelling. Is kind of how I feel about it. Right. I kind of like seeing Pond go off on her own and get into misadventures because especially with the, the recent translations you did. Thank with, you. I wanted to oh, talk about that. Oh, look at that. That was unintended, guys. We did not actually plan that. 
I came to this own conclusion myself. <laughs> Unlike um, my entrance, yeah. Pod pretty much exists to be a damsel in distress, and yet she holds her own, even though she like you know gets into danger and loses a lot. It it's not like like her her being saved wasn't so blatantly damselly and distressy this go around. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had some cute moments of being tough. And also just dealing with the situation, like being stepped on. So let me read for you here. This is from the Dragon Box release of Dragon Ball GT, which came out in 2005. Uh, this is an interview with producer on the show, Kozo Morishita. And they're, they're talking for a while about the show, uh, you know, the title and just the initial ideas behind it. And so Dragon Ball GT finally began. But during the early phase of the program, there were many episodes where Pon was very active. And Morishita responds, Pon's role was to be strong, but still lose to the enemies and then be rescued by Goku to be a quote, heroine who makes Goku a hero, end quote. And they talk about Titanic for a little bit there. I know this quote in particular kind of got under folks' skin and understandably so, where it's like you have a a strong female protagonist, part of the core trio here, and you've admitted her entire point is to be a damsel in distress and can never aspire to anything more than that because they have nothing more they can do with her. That's really unfortunate. Mm -hmm. That's unfortunate, though. What do you do? What do you do with a problem like Goku? <laughs> At the same time, you have Goku who is there, who they've handicapped, though. So I think that's what they could have used to exploit that a little bit. Uh, I think we do get some here with Pon where she breaks in and she's having her admittedly crying emotional breakdown over Gil. And the line about crying makes me stronger is also another really unfortunate line here. But um, I, I feel like she gets a moment there where she does actually come in and save the day a little bit enough to distract them. So Goku can get back up and then come Which win the day. I, I feel like from that point on is so wholly uninteresting because Goku in GT is the most uninteresting protagonist out of all of them. For now, I, I totally agree. I really have to agree with that, actually. Yeah, he's just, his character just does not contribute really anything besides strength. Dialogue-wise, I mean, it's just completely flat. Although, I have to say that um, in regards to Pon finally taking the initiative and uh, destroying Nut, there was something there that they really could have done that would have added this nice thematic piece to the whole thing, which is that we're on a robot planet. They're all driven by programming, by automation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have this alien, whatever, uh, General Rilled. Really, it's like all these automatic beings that, you know, they're going by data and whatever. And you yeah. could, what they could have done was really play off the fact that the whole thing with her stronger when they're crying, give me a break. It was more so that that humans can adapt and they can change and they can uh, hide data as well. Mm-hmm. They can always uh, change to their situation. And we get that hint from the battle of Pon and Nut, mm-hmm. but we don't get that. But this is a theme that just keeps reoccurring as we get into episode 18, where it's Goku versus these robots. Same thing happens. He's, he's just holding back the whole time. He could have right. ended it anytime he wanted to, but he's analyzing his opponent, which and, is traditional Goku, but it just felt interminable here. But I mean, he's holding back... And, this is a trope he's holding his power i'm not really doing my full strength i'm not in my final form yada 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 we've seen that. how many times have we seen that right but but especially when you're dealing with android robots i guess they're robots well we'll talk about that yeah yeah, yeah. machine mutants right so with machines anyway that's an element that really could have been played up a lot more and uh would have been really interesting but they just kind of every time it would happen they would just throw in a trope or some kind of in this case unfortunately sexist line that just kills it and so i mean i see where they're going though because we had gohan whose emotions made him stronger it's a human thing right not a girl thing (laughs) yeah right played as a a person not yeah especially especially when they themselves did it with the gohan yeah yeah. uh section yeah i totally agree with that it just like comes off as all very lazy so jeff machine mutants then you're looking for more out of this concept the idea that humans beat automatic processes by having the adaptability piece yeah, that yeah. you cannot program um, you know unless you have like the <laughs> a science battle power can never be calculated yes yeah exactly so more on the emotion and the reaction side of things okay all in all not a whole lot really happens in these episodes like you feel it does but you kind of feel it doesn't so let's talk about Rild and what appears to be his overlord in some ways Dr. Mew uh, I wanted a little bit more recap from that recap episode to get back in the flow of Rild and Dr. Mew obviously was this the first time we here. saw them I'm sorry no we had seen them very briefly previously uh, okay. to this oh but how well we didn't know that just but, judging by the recap episode right we, saw. we got the weird German accent on Dr. Mew but not really like what's setting this up are you looking for any more out of them are you 
you excited that Rild is finally entering the battlefield in any way? Well, I mean, again, lost opportunities. We could have had a better introduction of these two characters. So then when they finally get into the action, I feel a little bit more like there's something ominous happening here. I got to tell you, even in the original flow of the episodes, because I remember watching, you know, 10, 11 through 15 or whatever. There's really not much to them there. We just kind of go into it. We're going to get more as we keep going. But for now, these characters just are not compelling to me. I don't really buy anyone as a villain or as Well, this is why I have overlord. to jump off what Mary said, where it was like, I detect laziness because there's... There's just such an easy way to make this more compelling and to make it more dramatic. And they're just not taking those avenues. So either they're rushing really through the writing process. I see what they're doing. They're they're making Rild sit there and you're like, oh, now he's standing up. Now he's angry. Like, that's the extent that they can possibly write it. I think lazy is a very lazy word to use in this kind of mm. analysis. But I actually don't know how else I would classify it other than and this isn't any better. It's just not compelling in any way to me. Jeff, you were taking notes left and right. I was shocked. Um, so I have a couple of things. Um, well, the funny thing is, I should say, I have no notes for 16. None, not <laughs> no. a single one. Right. And we watched it one and a half times, too, which is crazy. We don't really have much to say about it. Gives you a sense of like just how much was happening in that episode. But it's funny because uh, who had the opposite opinion of there was more happening in that than, yeah, yeah. In the early, than in the later episodes? Not to say that I feel the opposite, but I felt like there was there were more interesting things as we went along. Um, but just in terms of uh, episode 17, the thing that really caught my attention and, you know, I'm, overall pacing was way too slow mm -hmm. across all three episodes. Um, which is funny because the recap episode is way too quick. But in these three, uh, well, I really paid attention to when Goku and Trunks were being analyzed. I actually mm. really liked that. I agree, Jeff. I thought yeah. that was like really like well done somehow. Just like the angles that they use and some of the coloring. Hooked them up to all the different colored cables and they're sitting there. You see like the really thin display. The of way them. they're being scanned. Yeah, yeah I was like, like are they make, yep. they're going to make 3D printer versions of Goku and Trunks. It's to some degree, though, I feel like it's a little bit of a copy with Dr. Garrow and he analyzed all the fighters and took their samples. I, I, I just mean like animation wise, no, yeah. not, not yeah. as a plot point. But it's so weird because it happens for maybe like a couple minutes, depending on how slow the pacing was. But yeah, that really was attractive to me just because it felt like there was a lot of creativity there and practicality in, uh, you know, they're keeping them alive on purpose. And so, you know, what data are they getting off of them? Not to mention that it's it's a bit of a conflict between how they analyze Trunks and Goku and what Gil gives them, because uh, Gil is supplying all of this data. They're watching video. I, I loved uh, I forget the character's name, but he's one of the robots. and He's like lounging there as they're watching the video of Goku fighting. Like, yeah, I just yeah. love that. Like these little details here and there. Uh, so they get like this analytical uh, uh, sense, but they get the quantitative and they get the uh, qualitative uh, just based on uh, their viewing. So like they, they were really in depth about how they were acquiring this data, which is a good thing because they heavily relied on that in the dialogue later on when Goku finally fights them. And they're saying, well, we know how you do this. We know how you do that. And I was very convinced of this just based on the, all the scanning and, and analysis they were doing ahead of time. So I like that touch. I think that was a, a really well done uh, reference to that. At the same time, it bothered me when Pan got hit because the enemy knew, because Nut knew where she was going to be. Mm -hmm. But there was enough time there that Pon didn't, he made the shot and Pon directly traveled yeah, yeah. to it after seeing him make the shot. I know. You have to be kidding it me. It wasn't the best choreography and layout for that scene. Yeah. I saw where they were going for, but that was so unbelievable yeah. that that really threw me off. Things surrounding that were fine. It was just kind of that one thing that was really uh, making me upset. I don't know if anyone has any difference of opinion on that. I feel like that was... No, nah, I felt the same way. Mm -hmm. We definitely had like a bad animation day in there. I forget which of these episodes it was. Maybe the, it was the, the last, last one. one. I actually thought, and this was uh, episode 16, stuff um the stuff with the the spikes i actually thought there was some really cool animation in there mm -hmm. I, I, some of it was very simple but i thought it was effective the way it looked it was very brief gt can have some really interesting choreography and animation to it when it just wasn't here it, was to. it just wasn't necessarily here um, i want to go back to the scene that jeff was talking about yes. where they're getting scanned mm -hmm. i really liked the character designs of some of the robots you can yeah. tell that some of them were meant to like be like old scientists with like facial hair there was one one of the robots head pieces that looked like it could have been like and he's wearing a giant mustache and there was, was another one that looked like he was yeah, wearing yeah. a giant beard i want to pull 
pull it back to uh, one more quote from the Morishita interview here. Uh, I think it's appropriate. I'm gonna... yeah, I feel like this interview is going to be the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I feel like it's, we are going to be referencing it a lot during the course of the series. Well, this is a great point to do it. I'm going to redact a couple things here as we go. Midway through the story, it's not really midway, uh, enemy characters like Dr. Mew, General Rilled, and Redacted start popping up, giving a stronger battle tint to the story. And Morishita responds, initially we made about 26 episodes worth of rough plot outlines. But around when the final script for episode three was finished, we thought these travel episodes aren't going to be interesting no matter how long we keep doing them, are they? And so we stopped, laughs. That's why Gil and the spaceship stopped appearing midway through, even though we had Sensei Toriyama go through all the trouble of drawing them for us, laughs. So he's talking about like this really interesting thing of even they decided that the travel stuff wasn't going to be interesting forever. Meanwhile, I'm thinking the travel stuff is far more interesting than what they have going on right now at this particular Isn't point it the whole damn point of the plot to travel and get right. the Dragon Balls well, so they save the planet? So what, what what counts as travel, though? Are we talking about, like, random visits to planets? Yeah, random visits were, like, the the planet, and they were pegged as wanted outlaws and that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, okay, because I thought And they... then we had the, the doll, Doltaki episode, like, those kinds of things. I thought he was talking specifically about, like, them in the ship and just traveling in the ship. No, not just like... traveling. The, the planet to planet. Oh, stuff. that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of people say like, oh, the ratings are really suffering and it forced them at the last second to uh, change course and make it more Z-like. Like, no, it was very early on in their own pre-production where they're going, uh, maybe we should change it at this point. Like before fans could really react to it, they had already made up their minds about how to change their course of action hmm. for the show. Were they under like some kind of contract or some kind of goal for like 26 episodes or no, especially the way that these kinds of long running shonen go. Oh, they just uh, wanted to go cash cow. And, yeah. And, as yeah, as okay. long as possible. Right. This was the point where Toriyama's, finally committed to ending the manga and yes he contributed some early designs and landscapes and that kind of stuff this was toei we're going to keep this going as long as we possibly can you know i gotta question some of those motivations because to me when when goku becomes small because of the dragon balls like i'm right in line with that makes perfect sense as soon as it's like oh earth's gonna explode because the dragon balls are gone and they have to come back but it's a little contrived. Like, that's oh, super let's contrived. give it more of a... I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah. For that being the main basis of the show, they've done much more creative things in some of these particular episodes. So the main plot is like on shaky ground. And they mention every once in a while, like, oh, no, they stole the Dragon Ball, so we can't save everyone. But but meanwhile, we're busy with the machine mutants. And there's no flashbacks back to home to talk about what they might be doing in to this prepare. Band, no, we don't get anything. Eventually, we, I think we do. Yeah. But like for reasons, probably uh, too little too late at this point. And granted, of course, you know, I'm forgetting the previous episodes. I, I question a lot of this <laughs> when we get to it. But, you know, I, I have to because I'm not sure of what's coming up ahead, of course. So, Mike, if I could just derail and go to episode 18, Absolutely. I got a few notes on here because, um, like I said, I was upset with some of the battle sequences in particular things yeah, that yeah. just kind of didn't really gel with me. I was speaking about uh, Nut and Pond. But I just want to talk about uh, with Goku, the fact that he was able to shoot randomly in every direction and somehow this made the robots discoverable. That bothered me hugely. How, hugely. how hugely. does that work? Because um, as far as I'm concerned, I was seeing light beams leaving this place and that leaves a bunch of holes, but they fell through the metal themselves. And can't they just phase in and out of things? So, and, yeah. Yeah. If they could do that, why didn't they just leave the building? Second, if <laughs> if he blasted holes everywhere, why didn't they fall through holes? They clearly fell through through the floor themselves like it wasn't that there was a hole that they felt through. i don't it think was... i was paying that close attention to it so <laughs> i was checking out hard man i mean that was like i was i was like really kind of pissed at that but the other thing is that i had it established that they were a four-piece group here yes. sigma right so then the super mega cannon sigma could be created with just three of them <laughs> So yeah. what was nut then? Right. <laughs> he was Why just a nut. He, he was just he was a nut. You know? He's a ploy to get Pond to kill him, and then oh great, now we can do our cannon. What were they gonna do if Nut was still there? I really felt the same way. Maybe about he that. was it like me. the hat, or like an accessory, <laughs> he's or like a tail. He's he's decorative clothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I was not totally keen on that. And then um, I didn't like the idea that three of them are gonna combine when they were. I mean, they weren't doing that much damage separately but instead they're going to become one target instead of three separate targets and it's supposed to make them stronger has anyone not read david and goliath by this point i mean like now granted of course you know that's that's like uh 
if we hadn't seen this before in the series, then this is a brand new trope to everyone. So it's like not that big a deal. But I kind of feel like we've been through this before where it's like, no, you don't take separate parts and combine them and have them fight. That is obviously going to be a weaker stance. And they're they're taking that gamble because them separately aren't doing enough damage to Goku. But when they already knew from the analysis that his power level was above anything they could scan, how did they feel that the combination of those three, that that math was going to work out? That writing does not make any sense because they already knew what Goku was capable of, yet they still went with this mathematical combination of exponents that still did not match what Goku had. And they knew that before combining. So what's the point of them combining in the first place? big robots are cool. The one they combined 70s looking robots. Robots. That's pretty much it. That that really just that didn't work. That can didn't we, work for me. Can we talk about their names for a little bit? Yeah. Uh, did yeah, they, I forgot them. Did, Please I, refresh my memory. Well, I actually don't remember how many of them are actually stated in the show itself. Obviously, you remembered Nut. Uh, can I go down some of the names of these characters? I can't remember last time if we talked about some of um, characters we've already seen. Uh, Doctor Mew. The Mew comes from mutant. They're machine mutants. That's where he's getting his name from. Cute. Uh, Rilled. Uh, his name is just an anagram of Drill. So we've gone from Drill to nuts what do you think nut is well i mean other than screw okay so the other characters names uh again i can't remember if they're just in the credits or if they were spoken having a hard time with these episodes guys uh neji is japanese for screw Yeah, ah. he was mentioned in okay. the episode Fun. uh viz or viz uh the french word for screw yeah that was mentioned in the show okay and rivet oh cute yeah, I like, I like this pun convention. So. Yeah, yeah, they're they're all kind of like the same words ish. They move uh, off of food and they instead go to metal objects yeah. because they're metal. Right, exactly. You know, I'll give them credit for that. That's yeah. really cool. It's cute. I just want to say from an artistic standpoint that the half tree or the the half plant half metal the like broccoli the, the trees back, there were some really good designs in there i thought i thought the planet was i liked that whole part about how they exterminated the life on the planet and they turned it into the machine mutant planet and you got to see a little bit of the transition on how that planet changed uh it's not the most colorful planet but i think that fits with it but you got to see some of that old color back over there away from the city they make such a point to talk about the metal apple which is an actual source of food for these right right which um that's a nice touch i there's a lot of the stuff on this planet was really interesting that i wish they could have expanded on uh to kind of fill in some of the gaps in the pacing because there was just some some really good imagination going on with environmental stuff that i feel like they could have just kind of grown upon that like is there are there like robot worms crawling around yeah how far does this go right so i feel like they didn't go far enough but they had like some really good potential with their environment here. These were some really tough episodes for me to watch. I feel like we've given them more than they're probably due. You're convincing me more that this is bad. <laughs> really? Yeah, let Jeff enjoy it. You're allowed to think whatever you want to think. My job is not to convince you one way or the other, but simply to explain what I think and why I think that. But it's so funny that I probably had the, the harsher criticisms of things about the battle and the pacing and, and whatnot. Yeah. But I still genuinely feel pretty good about these just because I felt like... Th- you know, underneath all of that, there's still some really good potential here. I think it's your honeymoon period getting back into the swing of things here, man. It could be. Let's find out next time. Next time on our Dragon Ball GT review of awesomeness, we will pick back up with episode 19, Headed for Battle, The Mightiest Mutant, Rilled. Hey, Mike. Yes. Can I do a prediction? This is typically what we do. We do predictions. We did not go back and look at what your prediction five years ago would have been. I don't think it's relevant anyway. So let's just pick up again anew. Okay. The so... new fan, having never seen Dragon Ball GT, has no idea where this is going. What do you think happens next? Uh, okay. So I think that Dr. Mew survives. I think Rilde, uh <laughs> gets Rilde, you know, dissembled. Well, no, he's not a robot. He's actually like just an alien, right? He's he is a machine mutant. He looks like an alien, though. He's the strongest machine mutant. He looks more like a dude, regular alien with earplugs, right? The yeah. weird ass earplugs. Can we talk about the designs? Do you feel anything of a Toriyama aesthetic <laughs> for all the robots? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. but for the humanoids like Doctor Mew and and Rilled, no. I mean, Doctor Mew is just Doctor Garo, Doctor Raichi put together. We'll talk about that later too, but I like all the robots. It all reminded me of like his video game work. I might not be as well. Chrono Trigger era kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes sense because this is 96. So. I was going to say I'm not well versed with his machine style, but but bringing up Chrono Trigger, I can see it. Your prediction is. So, yeah. So, so we'll going to get rilled. Moo's fine. Um, we, depending on how we many haven't even really we seen him. He's too. out somewhere. Yeah, right. We don't know where he is. That's a good point. 
so uh, I, yeah, I can't think there'd be anything more to, I don't think there's going to be like another, uh, oh, well, we have this uh, particular robot in the background, which we haven't introduced yet, and he's going to go kill you, and then Rild comes in. I think it's just going to go straight to a battle between them and Rild, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Rild's gone, and then uh, let's just say they get, well, they have to find their Dragon Balls. So yeah, they need the Dragon Balls and Mew's still out there. And then the bigger question of what's their relationship with Gil going to be like, mm. right? Because so what do you think? Is Gil being controlled still? I think Gil is no longer controlled. I feel like Rilda is doing something that is making Gil subservient. Gotcha. And so once he's out of the picture, he can go back to being whatever, but then there's going to strange relationship there yeah yeah, or at least some kind of there has to be a a quick reconciliation here Mm -hmm. because uh he still has their radar he is their radar (laughs) right they need him that is very clear so that's gonna have gonna have to get patched up and i think that's gonna happen so we will pick back up with episode 19 we will do at least three episodes Uh, i don't actually know i'm gonna have to this is the the prep i didn't actually do was look ahead to see what a natural breaking point would be because <laughs> this wasn't necessarily a natural breaking point, but in these span of episodes, there isn't really a good one anyway. And having done the recap episode, the recap in the three felt like an appropriate way to jump back into things. So uh, stay tuned. Once we figure that out, we'll announce it. Uh, there will not be another five year break in between these Dragon Ball GT reviews of awesomeness. Jeff and I have a shared recording schedule that we are uh, actively working on and adhering to as best we possibly can for various things, which we'll talk about at uh, the very end of the episode here stuff you got going on all right any final thoughts on these gt episodes and what you're looking forward to in the future ah i'm so convinced that these aren't the worst okay that's yet to come i remember distinctly trying to watch some fan subs like (laughs) really really late in the series something with a particular arc going on and just not being able to stay awake a lot true little weasel dude and stuff weasel dude yeah yeah you don't even remember no. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what that is, but okay. You don't need to worry about that for a while. Jeff. My virgin ears. <laughs> so that was Dragon Ball GT Review of Awesomeness Woo-hoo. here at Konzenshu. We will continue onward from here. That is going to bring our episode to a close. Again, we pre-recorded this ahead for its anniversary, so we don't know what's really going on in the world right now, and it's holiday season anyway, so just having episodes in the can is a wonderful thing. Uh, so we'll just start saying goodbye to folks. Mary. So long, farewell. Wonderful having you here. How Thanks. many times did we reference Sound of Music in this episode Three. recording? I'm going for Three a hat times, trick. Right? And I, I didn't catch any of them because I have no idea what you're talking about. I was going to, like, when you, people, if you have no idea what we're talking about, watch the Sound of Music. No. Yes. Yes. It's wrong. It's the last. Don't thing you want to watch like people who can sing beat up Nazis? I mean, I do. Uh, anyway, Mary. Yes. <laughs> pleasure having you as always. You live here. So I know. I mean, I want to say thank you, but I also want to like smack you around for like subjecting me to. <laughs> but <laughs> you were having the worst time of us all. Oh, uh, sure. it was only because I, I, you, were I'm trying, exhausted. You were trying to play Fire Emblem, like no, put down the video game. I needed to do something to wake me up in between episodes. Like even if it was just a credits. Like I just need to like level up these weapons just to wake me up. Oh, Mary, I've I been there. To. I've I been there to. in this process. I know what you've gone through. So, Mary, you will continue to join yes, us. I will for the GT reviews of awesomeness. Yes. Uh, we started um, with the GT reviews. Uh, cycling people in and out we will continue to do that jeff all of the gt reviews we will uh cycle in other content you uh friends and family as we move forward like it is it is quite evident that you can't do this without me nope <laughs> oh yeah so i mean no five years. one individual can do this alone uh we you need well, help from my friends to get by oh there you go Shucks. uh jeff let's say goodbye to you again uh I tie in re- with the music i see how you do i it. reintroduce you as uh the the virgin fan who had uh some limited familiarity through fan subs and the cartoon network broadcast we went through the entirety of the original manga you continue to join us now for our ongoing dragon ball gt review of awesomeness it is always a pleasure to have you this is unrelated to dragon ball in any way whatsoever except for i don't know what our schedule is going to be but there maybe some tie-ins around this time or coming up around that month what tie-ins something that we're going to be doing with music and tangentially related to dragon ball however low fidelity yes low fidelity is the podcast that you and i are doing uh that we've restarted since uh, september uh well august 29th to be uh, exact because i kind of forgot to wait and like well i couldn't wait but i mean <laughs> like, i'm just gonna upload this and 
we've uh so yeah it's low fidelity if uh you guys listened to the show back seven years ago when we uh, did version two of it our original format of um having uh, like a review show but also have a poll have a discussion and like all and news and all sorts of stuff in the same episode that was a lot (laughs) so low fidelity right now is uh our music podcast we do a discussion or a review just based on whatever is uh whatever is up next on our schedule um i've said it before in our first episode of version three you should go check it out that was august 29th that came out and where we discussed that this is kind of database driven where i've got this uh big music database i put all my obsessions in there and all sorts of notes and it kind of gives us the the list of episodes we should be doing at what time and so we've just kind of been following that for uh episode after episode it comes out twice a month one on the first of the month one on the 15th and uh coming up after i was gonna say this is coming out december 3rd so what is just coming out what just came out on december 1st yes will be our tutor or not to tour discussion and on december 15th we will be putting out the review of xtc's double album from 1982 english settlement yes i have been listening to xtc now for months on end and it's going to continue for a while not just because we have one more to review but because i'm really enjoying the albums it's wonderful that you say that because there are definitely more planned we're going to be taking a break after english settlement just to do other stuff and mm-hmm. we will come back to it at some point let's see maybe we do it next year yeah please feel free to check us out so the place where we do the majority of our conversations about episodes is on our subreddit which is r slash low fidelity with an underscore you could just type in any version of it it'll reroute there anyway Mm -hmm. so that's one way to get to us uh, you can also check out our YouTube channel. We are low-fidelity there. Uh, also, we have our Twitter account, which is at Lo-Fi Podcast. We are posting there uh, whenever we do recordings and whenever episodes are published. Feel free to follow that and uh, comment there as well. And lastly, you can always send us an email, feedback at lowfidelity.info, if you have any uh, feedback for us. Stay tuned in the future in the content you feed for uh, some related tie-ins as best we can possibly do, sort of, kind of. There might be something. Uh, so that was Mary. That was Jeff over there. Low Fidelity. Check it out. Uh, so that leaves me. My name is Mike Vichito EX. I am one of the four dudes that runs Kanzenshu. www.kanzenshu.com. That is Kanzenshu. Look for Kanzenshu on all the places, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. It's been a pleasure. This has been whatever episode of this podcast this has been. I have been Mike. That was Mary. That was Jeff. See you next time. Have a lovely day, lovely week, lovely month. Bye-bye. Thank you.